Hi, and welcome to the Lessons with Leslie podcast, where I share all things self-love and becoming God's version of you. Are you a woman who struggles with loving yourself or seeing yourself the way God sees you? Where you're in the right place and you're also in good company because I used to be that woman too, but thankfully I am not her anymore. My self-love journey is full of valuable lessons that I'm eager to share with you. It is my hope that I can empower you to become everything that God had in mind when he created the unique masterpiece that is called you. And yes, I'm talking to you. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with me today. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday to you. I hope you guys are doing well. It is a little rainy and cloudy where I am today, but it's a good day nonetheless, and I hope your weekend's off to a good start. So today will be part three of a four-part series entitled Growing Pains, and today's lesson has a subtitle of How Old Are You? Now, we all want to be grown. We say that we're grown. We think that we're grown, but what does being grown actually look like? Does being able to live independently, spend your money how you want to, come and go as you please, and no longer you know, need your parents' permission to quote-unquote do you, does that make you grown? We've all been around people who by the definition of the word are grown, meaning in the number of years that they've been on this earth, but if you spend enough time with them, you will soon realize that their actions and their age don't match. Now, they look good on paper, but something is not adding up. <laughs> They are petty, busybodies. They never have anything good to say. Always the victim of their own story. They make excuses for their actions and take no accountability whatsoever. So again, saying you're grown and being grown are two different things. And I know we want to go up and we want to glow up, but God is most concerned about us growing up. So let's go ahead and dive in today and talk about this a little more. Aging and growth are not the same. One happens automatically. We can't do anything about it. And the other one is deliberate. And I'm sure we've all heard the popular phrase, age is nothing but a number, which is very true. And most of us have encountered adults who behave like children and respond like children, and also some children who could teach us adults a thing or two. Our anchor scripture for this series is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And I'll read the Living Bible translation. It is like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away the childish things. So what does it mean to speak, think, and reason like a child? Let me give you a practical biblical example that I shared a few weeks ago of the prodigal son and his brother in Luke chapter 15, verses 25 through 32. When it came to the older brother thinking like a child, his thoughts were, you know, my younger brother decided that he no longer wanted to be under dad's roof. So he asked dad for some money. He went out, he lived it up, had fun. And now that he spent everything, he decides to come back home. And to make matters worse, my father not only welcomed him back, but he also is actually celebrating him by throwing him this lavish party. After thinking it through, he reasoned in his mind, possibly like this, like a child. You know, I've been a good son all these years. I've stayed at home. I do everything my father tells me to do. I don't waste his money. And yet my father has never celebrated me like this. I never have gotten the royal treatment or been able to invite my friends over and have a party thrown for me. 
And when it comes to speaking like a child, the older brother's thoughts and reasoning towards his younger brother, you know, it resulted in him getting angry. He had a verbal confrontation with his father and he referred to his brother as this son of yours. He couldn't even call him his brother. He said, this son of yours, he spent your money. He lived however he wanted to. And now you reward him with a party. You gave him a ring, a robe, some new shoes. And there is no way that I'm coming to celebrate him. If I've gotten to the point that I'm speaking negatively, you best believe that I've already thought it through in my mind first, because just like the older brother in this story, whatever is in my heart will certainly come out of my mouth. As I stated earlier, aging and growth are two totally different things. One happens automatically and the other one is intentional. Growth is paramount and is fundamental. We can't just accept the gift of salvation and never do anything beyond that. We have to shoulder the weight of learning more about God and changing our nature so that we will be believable to the world. Now, if the world's gossiping, tearing one another down, jealous of one another, setting traps for each other, holding grudges, and are unloving, then how are we any different if we're doing the same thing? What will be unique about us? What will make the world want to know the God that we say we know if we act like a bunch of children? meaning that we can't be inconvenienced, we can't handle being talked about or lied on. We're very temperamental, so if someone rubs us the wrong way, then you best believe they're going to know about it. We can't overlook a fault. We might speak to you today. We might not tomorrow. We judge one another. We hold stuff over someone's head that they did to us 20 years ago. Our love for people is conditional as long as we can control them. And far too often, there's no consistency in the way that we show up in the world, and there's also no common thread among us as believers, which should be the love of Christ. The level of division and discord among the body of Christ today is alarming because nobody wants to grow. We want to hear the things that make us feel good. Tell me money's coming my way, that my blessing's right around the corner, that I'm about to meet my husband, but we don't treat each other right. Y'all, all of us, we've got a lot of work to do. Now, we're never going to be perfect, but there should be continual personal and spiritual growth that is evident in our lives. I should be able to look at my life from a year ago and see a different Leslie, especially from a character standpoint. There should be a measurable difference. I should be looking more and more like Christ. When Jesus was on the earth, he took upon himself the form of a servant. He knew what his mission was. He didn't let childish antics from people that he met along the way stop him from what he was sent to do. Now, he was ridiculed, persecuted, shunned. Even his own people didn't receive him, nor did they believe that he was the Messiah. As he walked the earth, people were unkind to him. They mistreated him, spread rumors and lies, but he was mature in the way that he handled these situations. Not once did he seek revenge, repay evil for evil, run around trying to clear his name, find out why somebody didn't like him, or get caught up in the drama. He didn't become offended or feel sorry for himself because life was unfair. He didn't abort his purpose because very few people in his hometown supported him. He realized that his mission wasn't about popularity or applause, and he was very clear about his why, and he knew that he could not get off track and try to put out fires or respond to his critics. The life of Christ and his words should be our example for how we live as Christians. Our behavior prior to Christ cannot be blended into our new life. We have to work that stuff out of us because light and darkness don't mix. We have to grow and mature. 
We have to ask ourselves, would Christ act like this? Would he be involved in this drama? Would he, you know, stop and give any attention to petty people? Would he let the least little thing bother him? Or would he let negative chatter and noise from people determine his worth? So the next time someone approaches us, they shouldn't be confused about who we are. I should not be a 54-year-old woman speaking and reacting like a 13-year-old. It is past time for all of us to examine our lives so that we can get rid of anything that will tarnish our witness. Now, we can never blame our behavior on anyone. Yes, what they did or said could be totally wrong. It was hurtful. And maybe they will never apologize. But we get to choose how we respond. The response falls on us. So if someone curses me out and I curse them out, then I chose to go that low. If they don't speak to me or, you know, lie on me and I choose to do the same to them, then that was my choice. We want salvation, but we still want to hold on to the behavior that was part of our old nature. And we wonder why our lives are a bunch of noise and ineffective. Ephesians 4, 22 through 23, the New Living Translation states, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Salvation is just the beginning, but once we're saved, there is a level of intentional growth that is involved. And certain blessings are reserved for the obedient, not the ones who decide to do it their way and refuse God's transformation process. Now, you parents out there, as much as you want to give your children certain things, you know that they're not mature enough to handle it or appreciate it or appreciate the value of it. So you'll reserve it until they can show you that they're ready. And the same goes with our Heavenly Father. He loves nothing more than to give good gifts to his children. That is his nature, things that are going to put a smile on our face and joy in our heart. But he knows if it's premature, if we don't have the character for it, it will destroy us. And trust me, there are no amount of tears I can shed, prayers that I can pray, fasting that I can do, or tantrums that I can have to move God's hand to bless me if I'm immature. Trust me, I have tried that and it does not work. So I'll close with this. We all know what childish behavior is. Basically, it's anything that diminishes our character and dishonors God. But how do we put it away? How do we stop doing it? May I suggest that we view our thinking, our reasoning, and speaking from this manner. Before we react, respond to somebody, or let a thought consume our mind, let's stop and ask ourselves these four questions. First one. Does it glorify God? Does it put God on display? Will it cause others to see him? Does it cause my light to shine? Does it bring honor to God? Question number two that we should ask ourselves, does it promote the purpose of God? Our goal is to lift him up by the way that we speak, live, and behave. God is love and he desires that no one is lost and he wants us to promote his purpose. Question number three, does it grow my life forward? Is my life slowly but surely improving? Is my mind being renewed? Am I thinking about what I'm thinking about? How I'm responding to people? Do I hold myself accountable? Am I learning from my mistakes? And am am I challenging myself to grow? And the fourth and final question we should ask ourselves, does it benefit and serve others? Jesus was a servant. We are servants. Our reason for existence is to serve God and other people. And how I'm representing God by the way I'm treating people, we need to make sure that that is in the forefront of of our mind. 
do my actions make someone else's life better? So let's recap real quick. Let's ask ourselves the way I'm talking, thinking, and reasoning. Does it, number one, glorify God? Number two, promote the purpose of God? Number three, grow my life forward? And number four, benefit and serve others? And if the answer is no, then we must work on replacing it with what does. If we lead with love, speak with love, reason with love, it will be easier to drop our childish ways. And from one sister to another, let's make it our life's mission to honor God by growing forward in him. And if we do this, the going up and the glowing up that I talked about at the introduction of this lesson, it will take care of itself. I promise you. So I will leave you with this scripture. Colossians 1 and 9 and verse, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 9 and 10, the New Living Translation. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So thank you so much for hanging with me today. As always, I appreciate you for coming back time and time again. I do not take that for granted. Please also check out my YouTube channel, Lessons with Leslie. There is a new video every Friday. And I will be right back here on July the 7th with the final installment of the Growing Pain series with the lesson entitled Burpees mountain climbers, and bear crawls. Oftentimes, it's the things that we dread or try to avoid at all costs that will end up strengthening our lives. So I look forward to chatting with you real soon. Happy July the 4th in advance. I cannot believe it's going to be another month the next time we speak. Have an amazing weekend. Take care. So this concludes today's episode of Lessons with Leslie. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I do appreciate it. In the description of this podcast, you will find my website and social media platform information, and I would love to connect with you there. I also look forward to chatting with you every first and third Friday of the month. In the meantime, remember that you matter because you do. In Christ, you will always be enough. You are never alone, and most importantly, you are eternally and unconditionally loved. Until next time, take care. Music